This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I am Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Metcalf, doing pretty good today. Um, you know, we're come, we're recording this pretty early. It's free agency day. Um, we're getting excited for the amount of Woj bombs and Shams. Uh, Shams, got, he's got to get a name because obviously <laughs> we can't trademark that. But uh, no, I'm excited for, for rumors to all of a sudden become reports and... Um, you know, the Miami Heat are interested in every player in NBA history and the Lakers. So it's going to oh, be fun like to see. Yeah, exactly. There's no tradition like this, but I'm excited to to do this episode, little free agency preview and talk about the draft for next year already, Metcalf. Look at us. Dipping. We couldn't hold it. We couldn't hold it in. We had to just be like, let's let's sprinkle some talk about the draft next year. So how are you doing, Metcalf? How are we, how are we holding up? You ready for the weekend? Yeah, I'm very excited. Go, going up to the cabin this weekend, see some family. Um, whole, whole, all of the cousins and extended family should be up there, so it should be a good time. Hopefully, uh, the, the weather is kind to us. But like you said, um, we have a problem, and we made it a whole two days without talking about the draft. And here we are. We're oh, you know, just under a full year away from next year's draft. So we're like, close enough. M- m- might as well preview 2023. Um, this class, at least right now is looking to be stacked. Um, there is an obscene amount of talent, uh, and it is going to be really exciting to see how it all plays out. Obviously a lot of this can change once people start playing. Um, but when you think about the 2023 class, what, what are some of the first things that kind of come to the top of your mind? It's going to start with Victor, um, I'm not comfortable enough to try to pronounce his last name. Like <laughs> just I'm being honest with everyone right now. Like we'll get there in October. Yeah. Like let's, let's lay this out for everyone listening because everyone's going to be excited, especially Spurs fans. Welcome. It's early, but you're joining us early this year, but um, you know, this is probably the earliest I've ever wanted to talk about an incoming class. And, and that's just goes to give a hat tip to the no ceilings crew. Like you guys have me, infected with the disease now all i want to do is talk about prospects i'm already looking at the u17 prospects for one of us yeah one, one of, of us. us so um but it all jokes aside like no victor's gonna be the prize and everyone's gonna be watching him possessively throughout the entire summer where or anything the moment he steps on a court everyone's gonna be fascinated he's going to be one of the more special prospects we've seen in a really long time. Like this is a guy that's been getting buzz in NBA world for the last three years. Like everyone's been talking about Victor. Um, 
And if you don't know him, that's okay. That's why we're here to talk to you. Like he's been an international prospect playing in France. He's around seven, two. He does some stuff that is like, Oh my gosh. And even if you don't want to buy into it, you start watching and you're like, Holy shit. This kid is ridiculous. Um, he just turned 18 in January, I believe, but the hype is real. Um, he's had some injuries, um, pile up a little bit. So people are going to be kind of looking into that and, it's going to be fascinating to watch him. Um, what about you, Metcalf? Are you eyeing anyone besides? Is Victor the one for you too? Or are you kind of, I find myself straight. Like I'm always the one that's like, well, let me be a little caution. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's stress some caution here. And I know Victor's one of the more remarkable prospects I've ever evaluated, but you always got to be careful not to drink too much of the Kool-Aid too fast. Yeah, and we're and we're so far out that it even feels ridiculous to be like, oh, well, here's my top five. Mm-hmm. But I, I for sure don't have Victor like solidified as one, like a lot of places do, at least going into the this next season. I get why they do because he's something we've really never seen. Um, and I know Chet is a little similar just because of the length, the skinniness, the perimeter skills, the rim protection, stuff like that. But we've never really seen someone like Victor, and that's really intriguing i'm fascinated to see how the offense really comes around the shot blocking stuff is insane with him but like you mentioned the injuries worry me and mainly that i believe is a stress stress fracture in his tibia um that that stuff worries me i wasn't worried about any of that with chet because chet has no injury history Maybe he develops some in his early career, knock on wood, hope not, never rooting for that. But the reason I never understood the skinniness argument with Chet and, oh, well, he could be injury prone, really, because he never has been his entire career. I worry about that a little with Victor. I want to see him make it through this whole season fully healthy. You know, if he jams a finger or, you know, something fluky like that, okay, whatever. It is what it is. If he has foot issues, if he has lower leg issues, if he has knee issues, then it's going to be, okay, this is going to be a high price. And that's where guys like Scoot Henderson come in. That's where Derek Whitehead starts scooting up. And that's where the Thompson twins really come into play. So, you know, as we kind of review film this summer of these guys' high school and, you know, last year's G League Ignite and OTE film, those are kind of the four other names that really stand out to me and really get me excited about next year's draft. Yeah. I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are pretty passionate about Scoot Henderson. Um, yeah. For everyone listening, Scoot Henderson point guard played with the G league ignite last year. A lot of Westbrook vibes. I hate pro comparisons, but that's just the way he plays. He's yeah. super fast, super explosive. I mean, gets downhill, you hold your breath because he can just take off and, throw down thunder slams um outside shots going to need to continue to take some development this year but he is going to be the one that everyone's looking at to potentially contend with with victor for the top pick but there's there's some really really good storylines prospects to to monitor that i think have a shot to kind of make some noise to get up there um like you hinted at metcalf like this is this is a class that's been hyped for a while and, and you're really starting to see like, okay, this could be a nice, nice class. There's some, there's some weaponry at the top. Um, Derek Lively, we haven't even brought up yet. Yeah. The, the big man going to Duke, like Duke's going to be a powerhouse shocker. 
Yeah, what a <laughs> shocker. Um, but Duke's going to be special. Um, it's just so funny talking about prospects this far out. I, I mean, this is like a new <laughs> world. We're, we're, we're having fun here. We're not going yeah, into we're the fun, but, of their game. We're just we're just giving a little taste. Yeah, and it's this is what you do in the offseason. You, you kind of you clean the slate and you start to put names on a board and you start to be like, okay, where am I looking? Where, where's everyone going to be at? Um, Duke's going to be a very popular team to watch this year, just because of so much firepower. Um, I, I I'm really fascinated with this class. Like you're, you're already looking into it. You're seeing some really intriguing talent. Like even in the you know top 15, I'm looking at some names and I'm like, Whoa, okay, this is going to be fun. And, and Hey folks, the, the names we're bringing up right now, there's going to be 10 new ones towards the end of the year. It happens every year. Like um, I went back and looked at our, our big boards from the beginning of the season. And I just start laughing with how much movement <laughs> and range there is. It happens every year. So um, what else are you thinking, Metcalf? Is there anyone you want to talk about? Like you want to. Kind yeah. Of I, I, I really want to talk about the Thompson twins. Yes. Uh, yes. Amen. And I uh, sorry. I believe I have those pronunciations. Correct. Apologies. If I don't, they are so much fucking fun. Um, yes. Apologies for the language, but I can't think of another way to describe them as just pure, unadulterated fun. Um, their 60% athleticism is most people's 110%. Um, their, their first step is incredible. Uh, their leaping ability is otherworldly. People were shocked by Shaden Sharp's vertical. I think the Thompson twins um, and Amen specifically are going to just knock people out of their chairs this next season. Selfishly, I really wish they wouldn't go back to OTE because um, I think that whole experience is pretty awful. But maybe they help legitimize it somewhat. And, you know, they, they were really dominant in their own right in that league last season. But a lot of the time it kind of looked like they were just going through the motions because they're so much more athletic and talented than everyone else in that program. If they went to the G league ignite, I would be head over heels for that because I think, yes, they would probably struggle a little more than OTE, but they would also develop their games more. Uh, they both need to figure out the outside shot a little more, but their athleticism, their feel for their game, uh, they're on and off ball defense or passing. It's everything is so freaking impressive. Yeah. In the, in the last episode where we were talking about the draft and, and breaking down kind of the, our initial thoughts. And, and you made the point Metcalf, of saying like the OTE were kind of a loser in a weird way of the draft because they just didn't have anyone drafted. This is the year that they're hoping they make up for it there. Cause they could potentially have two top five picks in the Thompson twins. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, they're both listed at six, eight. Um, so everyone bear with us. Cause we're just, we're just throwing thoughts out right now. It's, this is nothing concrete. This is nothing super, you know, insane. Like we're, we're just talking general thoughts, but from watching the Thompson twins from the athleticism, you saw the size and, and just how shiftiness, Oh man. I, I mean, they could really be something special. I think those are the two names to keep a close eye on this year, especially with OTE. They're going to put up some big numbers if they're there. Um, I'm, I'm like you Metcalf. I was kind of hoping maybe it, it's nothing against that league. I just kind of wanted, if they went to the G league, I thought that was going to be like a real, like, okay, yeah. now let's see what you can do against this. 
because I think the overtime elite, we could look back in five years and they become a legit league with serious competition and rosters in depth, but it just takes time to, to really get guys to buy into that. Um, mm-hmm. But this, this could be the year, but, and everyone's going to be wanting to go see those guys because the tools are freakish. And, you know, those are two names I have immediately written down as like, okay, I, I, I need to find a way to go watch those guys in person. I know a lot of, guys on our no ceilings team are already talking about, okay, let's, let's get a trip out there. Let's figure this out. So um, I'm really excited to see those guys. Like, th- mm-hmm. like you said, they're getting buzz as potential top five picks, both of them. And you can, it doesn't take long to see why when you see some film of them. Yeah. And then the, the other name is Derek Whitehead yeah. um, from Montford. And, you know, he was one of, as a junior, he was starting with, um, that class from last year, who is Jalen Duran, Caleb Houston, Ryan Nemhard, Langston Love. And a lot of the times, Whitehead stood out as the best player in high school amongst those guys. And again, it was uh, the defensive versatility, the overall feel for the game. How much his shot is improved over the last two years, I think, is incredibly impressive and encouraging. Hopefully that continues that way. But he's another one of these guys where you know, he, he pretty much seems locked in as a top 10 pick, you know, everything, you know, circumstances and however the season plays out, but barring, and he's also the number two recruit. So it's not like he's coming out of nowhere here, but the, the overall two-way versatility is really, really impressive and exciting with him. Yeah. I'm really excited to see him um, from, from watching just, you know, the, the All-American game and stuff, you could see the tools. He's 6'6", he's got the handles, he's got the wiggle. The shot really does look like it's on the right track to to continue developing quickly. And a a strong freshman year where he shows that is going to get NBA scouts and evaluators foaming at the mouth. They're going to be licking their chops. So the the best thing for him, too, is he's going to have plenty of weaponry around him at Duke. Like, um, you know, Gavoni had a mock at ESPN already because he's a damn animal and, and he's got three guys from Duke going in the top 15. So, and, and one of them is uh, lively, like we were talking about earlier. So he's going to have some, some fun weaponry around him, some tools, and he's going to have the ability to showcase his talent. He's going to be a name that I think really starts to, to creep up. It, it wouldn't shock me if he's one of those dark horse names to get in the top five because there's just a lot of tools and, and talent that you can see quickly. Like in that All-American game, it didn't take long for you to be like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I understand the buzz already. Like it, it does not take long for him to jump off the screen. And this part of the year, that's what you're looking for when you're you're evaluating these guys or trying to get a grasp for the incoming class. You're sp- who pops? Who's jumping yeah. out at you? Who like those all American games, I always make note of like, okay, just, just watch it without any knowledge and write down who pops, like write down names, write down Jersey numbers. And then you go from there and then you start making your list. And um, I can't believe I already said the word big board, you know, less than <laughs> two weeks after the last draft, but then you start putting names on a big board and, and start to move them around and accumulate some rates. So what, what about you, Matt? Is there any other guys you're just intrigued with that, you know, I love this time of the year to target a guy that like in mock drafts might be like 15 down because I always find one of those guys, if you can find them, like I love to find the one that doesn't get enough attention that's going to mm-hmm. rise. 
that's just something that I like to do. Is there anyone that's catching your attention that isn't getting like the, the Victor, the scoot, the whitehead buzz, but you're just Ooh. fascinated with early on? I mean, they, they, there are some freak athletes in this class who at least one of them is going to pop. And at the very least, they're going to give us some awesome highlights. Yeah. Um, Dylan Mitchell, uh, small forward going to Texas. Keontae yes. George, shooting guard, 6'3", going to Baylor. Uh, Khalil Ware, seven-footer, going to Oregon. And Jairus Walker, 6'7", uh, power forward, going to Houston. Maybe all of them do, but I feel like out of that group, at least one is going to emerge this year as someone who's much more than just a freak athlete on the wing who gives us awesome highlights. Yeah, I would say Whitmore, Cameron Whitmore going to Nova, um, Keontae George going to Baylor, and Walker at Houston are are the three guys that I've had circled immediately where I was like, yep, I'm going to want to watch these guys. and. Um, sort of already developing a crush on Keontae George just because watching him at Hoop Summit and, and kind of just watching the the type of player he is, that's my weakness is the guys that kind of make you play to their speed and they're just always seem to be composed and under control. He's got a smooth shot from outside. He's he's listed at 6'3". I've seen him at 6'4". He's stocky. Um, and I just, he's got a beautiful shot from outside. I just like how he's always, you know, not in a hurry. And the one thing that I think he needs to show this year is some consistency on the defensive side of the ball and going to Baylor, that's going to happen. They're going to try to bring that out of him. So that's one guy I'm watching. And then Whitmore just yeah. going to Nova. That's really exciting. And, um, I, I'm excited to see the top player as he seems explosive. I like his tools too. Um, and where you brought up going to Oregon, he really popped on um, that, that all American game. And I was like, okay, there's, yeah, he looked awesome. Tools. Yeah. He looked awesome. So there's tools there. He's got freakish length and, um, it, it's going to be exciting. There's, there's some fun pieces. Like I'm, I never been so excited about a class this early and, and mm-hmm. it's not just Victor. It's not just scoot. It, it is the whole slate is looking really strong. Yeah. And I need even guys, like Brady Dick going to Kansas, I think he's going to shoot the crap out of the ball. And I think he's going to be one of those kind of rare Kansas freshmen that gets a pretty high usage. We don't really see that, or at least we haven't from them in recent years. It'll be really interesting to see how they incorporate him. And then just this entire Arkansas team with Nick yes. Smith, Jordan, Wal- Jordan Walsh, and Anthony Black. I mean, three of the top 15 recruits going to Arkansas. It's shocking. And there's so much athleticism and just versatility with those guys coming in that Arkansas could be one of the real most, just most fun watches next year. Nick Smith's going to be interesting because, you know, he's getting some buzz as a top four pick. Um, I hate overreacting after one game, but when I watched it, I was like, hmm, I got some questions. The the McDonald's All-American Yeah, yeah. I was just kind of like, I got questions, which is fine. Like, it's just, those games are always tough, too, because it's it's guys all of a sudden, you get one game, you want to showcase you're the guy, you want to showcase you got the ability, and then I thought he just kind of struggled a little bit and was playing too quick, so... That Arkansas team, though, is going to be nasty. Musselman's going to do a good job there. Um, I'll, I'll be excited to watch them. Grady Dick is trending as one of the best basketball player names of all time, <laughs> and I cannot wait to hear just like 
I don't know. There's going to be so, so many jokes that I'm going to be like, how old am I, Tyler? As like, I'm laughing on the couch, listening to the <laughs> announcers, they like Dick from three, you know, or it's just going to be funny to me. Um, but I'm really mature. So I no, we've done that. Yeah, no, no, thanks. So, I mean, you know, um, I, I, I just, I'm like you, there's, there's a lot of names, you know, when it comes to the freshmen and we haven't even talked about some of the returners. I know you want to do that because, yeah. you know, we love, we love basketball, but um, living Chris Livingston going to Kentucky was, was intriguing too. Um, there's just nice Amari Bailey going to UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be awesome if Mick would play a freshman. That'd be, yeah, that'd be that'd nice. Be really cool. And then you just, we're, we're going to talk about returners, but there's some nice returners that I thought I saw some mocks of them going way late. And I was like, Whoa, they could get up. What are you talking about? They could have big years. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, dang it, Metcalf. Now I'm pumped up, you know, now <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. So, so, so who are your, some of your favorite returners? Just a, a couple guys that, um, you think are either going to make a big, big splash next year, or that you think could be one of these sneaky kind of dark horse, uh, risers. I really like, uh, Marcus Sasser. Yeah. That's, that's probably been one of my guys. Um, I was bummed when he got hurt last year because I yep. know ceilings. I was going to write about him pretty early. I was going to jump on that train and be like, boys, this one's mine. But, um, I'm excited to watch him. I, I just think he's, he's just one of those. He's a dog. He, he's just a grinder. He, he, I love the way he plays. I love the way he competes. I think he's going to be motivated as heck. Um, he was he was putting on a show throughout the pre-draft process for everyone that doesn't know. Like Sasser got hurt last year, missed the whole season. I think just rehabbed like crazy. And then um I think it, correct me if I'm wrong, Metcalf. I think it was the G League elite camp. He impressed. Everyone was buzzing about him. He yeah, got invi- so. yeah, he got invited to the combine and then I thought he was gonna have a strong combine and then kind of sneak into that first round. And uh he said, I'm going back. And I was like, Love this. Love yeah. it. Like double down on yourself. So he's going to be fun one to watch. Um, what about you? I'll, I'll get you another one too. There's plenty that I want to talk about. Yeah. I, for, for me, it's honestly almost the entire Creighton team. Um, yes. Arthur Kaluma. I adore. You uh, love Kaluma. That's dude, your boy, I, huh? I, he's so much fun. Um, and I, if the shot takes or just sees an improvement this year, I, I think he's going to be really nasty. Just one of these kind of skilled mobile fours. Uh, Ryan Nemhard, I think, is an assassin from outside. I really like him. Uh, God, it would be cool if he was like two inches taller. But I, I think he moves his feet really well on defense and is just an awesome shooter. Uh, and then Trey Alexander, even uh, not the most athletic wing, but really versatile, good defender, good scorer, good passer. And then obviously they have uh, Baylor Shireman coming in. So I, I think that Creighton team is going to be a lot of fun, but I, I think the guy that's really going to make a lot of people be like, Oh yeah. Forgot about him. is Langston love um, yeah. shooting guard at Baylor. He was a four-star last year, part of that Montverde class with Duran Houston, Nemhard, um, and played with Derek Whitehead as well. And I, Langston Love was my favorite player uh, to come out of Montford that year. And of, obviously he tore his ACL uh, in the preseason, but his two-way versatility, his off-ball shooting, his off-ball scoring, his athleticism, uh, I believe he's listed right now at like 
210 pounds, six foot six, like perfect NBA shooting guard size. I, I'm really excited to see him back playing and especially playing alongside Keontae George. Yeah, Kaluma's been been a name that I feel like a lot of no ceilings guys are really pushing. I'm excited to see him. He had a big tournament game, right? And, and everyone was like, "Oh boy, if he if he has another uh, big yeah." Year. And he 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 got off to a slow start, but then as the season progressed, like the last month or two, he was kind of clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, um, versus Kansas, he had 24, 12, and yeah. three assists, which is a pretty good game. And they only lost by seven. Bad. No, not bad. Um, so it's 6'7", 220. He's listed at. Um, he'll be a sophomore this year. Like, that's definitely one to watch. Do you think if that shot develops, he's climbing to late lotto? Uh, it it would 20? have to take – it'd probably have to take a pretty big leap for that. Um, We're talking – like, I, he averaged 10 points a game last year. You're talking if he takes the leap and is averaging 17 a game or something. Right. Yeah, like yeah. a huge leap. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah, so it'd be a it'd be a big leap. Um, but even if the outside shots, you know, thirty five to thirty seven percent on like decent volume, um, you know, it's like okay, this is a guy I'm willing to take in the first because he can do a lot of everything. Yeah, I'm uh some other some returners. I'm really eyeing um, Nolan Hickman. I think I'm all oh, Nolan. A Gonzaga point guard, I think. I, I would have considered him like yeah. early second round this year. I would have too. I would have jumped all over that. He he's just got good size. I love how he plays the game. I, I yeah. watched yeah. I watched Gonzaga early in the year last year when um, me and Albert went to Vegas and Hickman was a guy I kept asking around like people in the program and they're just like, Oh man, we're so excited to see Hickman continue to develop and didn't take long when you saw him on the court. I was like, "Woo, okay, yep, big off season." If they hand him the keys next year, that's gonna be fun. And then his his running mate, Julian Strother, is another guy I'm really pumped to watch mm-hmm. this year. Um, we'll be excited to see what Harrison Ingram can do. Um, mm, returning yep. to Stanford, that's another one. A little wild card that I'm just fascinated with. UConn's uh, Andre Jackson has this. Mm-hmm athleticism that scares the shit out of me sometimes with some like he tries to dunk on people sometimes and i'm like it's like jaw morant trying to dunk on people just like when you're like how why did you even attempt that that's so crazy like so if jackson can just sort of almost like harness that and be a little bit more under control i like the upside um i had another one that i was just excited to mention and now i'm blanking on it I'll give you two deep ones here. Okay. Uh, Tyler Burton, I refuse to get off this Tyler yes. Burton hype, hype train. Yes. Um, I, I've been pushing that agenda for two years now. Hopefully the shot takes another step in the right direction as it did this last year. Um, and then just his defense needs to improve. But if it does, could be one of those upperclassmen that goes in the second round next year. Uh, and then real deep cut, uh, Josh Oduro uh, from George Mason, power forward. I'm Interesting. not going to go uh, too much of his game, but I think uh, an in- interesting name to uh, keep an eye on. Do you have any more? Otherwise, I kind of have an obvious one that I'm a little embarrassed that we haven't gotten to yet. I was saving my obvious one on purpose. <laughs> I think we both know who it is. Um, I'll mention one more curveball, and then we can both talk about him. But uh I, I got to mention my guy, the, one of the guys I'm the most excited to see next year. I wrote about him this year. There's your hint. 
I, I, I don't pay attention to anything you write. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Alex Fudge, baby. Going oh, Florida. yes. Yeah. Yes. Alex, Fudge. Alex Fudge. I, I'm boy. If he, if, if he puts up a strong first game, I'm going to be a dangerous person <laughs> on the internet. If you don't know about Alex Fudge, he went to LSU last year. He's so raw, but yeah, there, like you could argue right now, he's the best defender in the class. Yeah. And I know how ridiculous that is, but he does some stuff defensively that is like, it's holy crap. Some NBA team's going to gamble on him just because of his defensive versatility. And he's, he's long, he's lengthy, he's skinny. He needs to, if, I hope he's just taking 7,000 three point shots a day because if he just develops something on the offensive side of the ball, like, boy, that's a Swiss Army knife. Um, because he's super athletic. I, I love, he's just one of those guys that comes in and like in 30 seconds, he makes a block and a steal. And you're like, gosh, man, this dude just makes an impact. So I love uh, Fudge. He went to LSU last year. He just transferred to Florida. Florida's going to have a fun team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's talk about the obvious. Let's do uh, this. No, just real quick on Fudge. I, I yeah. was flirting with him in the first round after that three week yeah. bonanza that he went on, yes. but he can't, he couldn't do anything with the ball last year and <laughs> kind of need to do that. And, uh, in basketball, yeah, it's kind of a requirement. But I'm I'm assuming the the name that we're both thinking of is a Mr. Imani Bates. Oh no, I had oh, a different no. one. Who was your obvious one? Turkavion. Oh yeah, and I just assumed he was going to be good. Well, I'm just I was a little cold on the Turkavion, just massive like hype train. Yeah, And then when he just said, you know what, I'm going back. I was like, I'm all in on this guy. I love him already. Like, I was like, let's go. This is exactly my mindset. I'm just pumped to watch him this year. Cause I think he's saying like, I'm going to show everyone I deserve to be a, a serious riser. And I have respect for that. Like it's, he was looking like a, a guy that was going to go in the first round and it's pretty ballsy to be like, Hey, I deserve to go higher. I'm going back. I'm going to show everyone. Like, yeah. I respect the hell out of that, especially now. Like, I know there's the NIL deals, whatever, all that crap. But it's still like, hey, do you want to go play in the NBA and potentially be a first-round pick, or do you want to go back to college for another year? And good for him. He's like, hey, I want to develop my game and show that I deserve to be a higher pick. So, um, yeah, let's talk about Imani. Let's do this. Do we like it? Are we confused? Are we scared? Because he's he's returning home. That's one way to put it, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm i rooting for the kid, man. So I'm I. really rooting so for the kid. I. Like, I want him to have 20 his first game and, and go, like, 7 On how 14. many shots, though? I know. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm rooting for him. It's just been so – this is – I hate the hype train sometimes because you just put these kids in positions where it's like, ugh. But, yeah. Go ahead. So, yeah, no. So, I, I, th- I think that's the best place to start is how – irresponsibly overhyped he was as a 15 year old um obviously him and his camp played into that somewhat but when you're 15 years old and slam or sports illustrated is asking to come write about you as you know the next chosen one it's kind of hard to turn that down and not be excited about that because you're a teenager i can only imagine how much of a dickhead i would have been as a teenager with that stuff um i he's so far away from being a quality NBA player for me right now. Um, so just, he, he is transferring to Eastern Michigan and I, he's going to get his shots. Um, he needs to find some efficiency. My, 
some of the intel that I've heard coming out of his time in Memphis wasn't ideal. Um, so ho- hopefully it was just one of those bad situations all around where he just nothing clicked for him. So I, I'm hoping that he kind of figures it out because there, there is talent there. It's whether or not he's going to be able to harness it in the right directions and become a positively impactful two-way player. Rooting for him. Um, completely rooting for him. I was just, I was becoming fascinated with the whole process of his, like, where is he transferring? Where is he going? Cause I was like, man, just, I think when you're that guy that has the the down year, you start realizing like, okay, how can I go somewhere and, and just completely bounce back? And I understand if you're thinking like, okay, I need to go somewhere and then put up numbers. But I also right. think like, like a, a, a weird way. I was like, I kind of want him to go to the G league ignite because it's mm-hmm. like, he won't, he might struggle there, but he also might become a better prospect because they'll be like, Hey, we need to work on this. We need to put you through some growing pains. He'd become a better basketball player. Yeah. And, and his numbers would be bad, but he'd become yes. a better basketball player. And I don't know. I'm rooting for him. I, we, we root for every guy. We're rooting for every prospect. And, Always. and I will be the, most pumped ever if he just has a strong week to open up the year and it's the right decision and, and everything. But it was just fascinating. He wasn't getting more buzz. And that is also why I just hate like exactly what you're talking about. It's just like the, the teenager that you're putting up all these expectations that it's so hard to live to. Like, it was like, it's the chosen one. It's the best prospect since LeBron. It, this is the next Durant. I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, yeah. come on, this is a kid. He You're feeding him, And then the moment he, he's going to have some, some struggles, then it's just going to be a mind. Oh, he sucks. He's trash. He's worthless. It's like, no, you did this to him. You don't get to, (laughs) like you put these expectations on him. And and I get why we do it because we're trying to build all this, you know, intrigue with this player, but it's also like, it's just brutal. Um, But yeah, that's another podcast itself. So yes. um, But, but I am excited to see what he, he does next year. And there's a lot of other guys that I think could be sneaky um, returners to watch like Hami Hawkes, I still think is going to be a fascinating one to see what he does. Um, it's going to be a fun year. This is it's going to be another really good class. Um, Tabellis at Arizona, that, that's my mm-hmm. wild card. That I think if is he, he going to be able to defend at all, um, I think so, Metcalf. So okay. I'll, I'll take your low blows another day. We're not ready for that. <laughs> that's in a couple months. So, but I like Tabellis. I think if he can, yeah, he's super skilled. Yeah, super skilled. If if he could extend his range this year, um, they're going to feed him Arizona. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be a fun one to watch. And, you know, we're talking about 30 guys right now, and we're going to have 15 new guys three months into the season that we're like, whoa, he looks good. He looks good. That's just how it is. But it's fun to, to get an idea. So Cool. Uh, so I, I think that's a good place to leave the 2023 class and pivot into some free agency talk. And if you are your have you checked Twitter in the last half hour? Um, no, I'm going to do it right okay, now. Don't. Um, so we have some breaking news. Uh, Kevin Durant has officially requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, And the Nets are also sending out a first-round pick for Royce O'Neal. So that's 
interesting. Um, according to Woj, uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving had no contact with the franchise after Irving opted into his deal on Monday. A uh, sense of inevitability existed that Durant would eventually ask for a trade. Uh, Phoenix and Miami are among two of the teams Durant has on his wish list. Um, as the Nets prepare to move one of the most valuable trade assets ever on the market, the entire roster will be be available to discuss in details. Chaos. This is this is why recording a podcast on the day of free agency is hilarious because now you guys are going to hear our live reactions. So let me, let me process this. So I, I, I want some credit because this happened about 20 minutes ago and I kept it to myself and I stayed on track. And now I am allowing us to devolve into chaos, let the train go off the tracks and uh, what the hell. Um, so I, I live in Phoenix. I have a, bunch of friends that have our diehard Suns fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I just opened up my phone and yeah, you, you could expect how many <laughs> texts I'm getting right now. Um, which is hilarious to just send the on a pod response. <laughs> um, the funniest thing ever is this is going to be, so this is where I'm guessing this is going to be the eight and trade. Yeah. So do, do, do we want to spitball, Ideas here? Do we want to go through potential landing spots? Um, so I mean, one of my favorite returns for the Nets would be DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, and whatever picks. I just can't get over the last Woj bomb with Durant and Irving have had no contact with the franchise after Irving opted into his deal on Monday. Wow. Um Hit me with that one again, Metcalf. So Aiton. So it, some sort of sign and trade for Aiton and then Mikael Bridges and Picks. Yeah, that – oh, man, that's juicy. I don't think – wow, this is an incredible convo. Because Simmons and Rosillo the other day were doing a fun little segment. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah. And they were talking. Yeah. It was like Durant. Like, who would you trade them for? Like, what's the the teams that are theoretically saying no for Durant? And it was it was kind of a funny. Like, they were just saying. And this is also for everyone listening. This is fucking Kevin Durant we're talking about. But top ten player. Ever. Yeah. It, it was fifteen. It was if a, you're down on him. It was a funny exercise because they would bring up like would the Grizzlies t- trade Ja Morant for Durant? And they yeah. were saying like straight up and, and Simmons was like, I don't think so because you have to take in it, it, not just as one season, you have to take it in as a franchise. Like Morant's so young, Durant's, you know, in the mid thirties, but um, this is a swing by Phoenix. If, if they could pull this off, I, I know how stupid this question is going to be. So just, Understand, I'm saying it for the listening audience. Would you trade Bridges and Aiton, or would you put Bridges in that package? I know, I know what Brooklyn will want it, but I'm saying because I'm just talking this out now. Damn, that's a damn nice team. If it's CP3, Durant, and Booker, good, good lord. Um, but what I'm saying is, Bridges is becoming one of the most versatile defenders in the entire league um now i'm getting phone calls everyone needs to leave me alone (laughs) um 
so yeah, I'm just trying to to figure this all out. This is woo. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's Kevin fucking Durant. So yes, I include Mikael Bridges, and I know that our window is this year or the year after, and anything after that is the team's going to look completely different and I'm probably going to be fired, especially if we don't win a championship. So it would be a hundred percent an all in move for these next two years, but given how the Suns, um, let's frame it as how they tend to spend their money. I don't see why they wouldn't. And I don't see them going into the tax to, continue paying their young guys who perform and have you know been a big part of the team that they've built so they're not going to spend money on overpaying their young guys to keep stuff together and if you can get a top 10 top 15 player of all time to pair with chris paul and devin booker i kind of think you have to do it i mean obviously i would try to push back on including bridges because i think including kevin durant with bridges would be incredible um but both both that's not how trades work so i i would try to pitch it as cam johnson and however many first rounders with ayton that i could um and then once they the nets inevitably be are like mm, no mikhail's gonna be part of this if you want kevin durant you're gonna have to at least give us mikhail bridges then you probably have to end up folding i think the i think the cam johnson ayton makes a lot of sense and this is also creating just probably one of the juiciest storylines. The NBA, like Silver's pacing around. Silver literally just pulled the like P Diddy getting off the phone and just being like, I'm a savage, whatever I want, I want to get. Because now you're getting the storyline of Durant goes to Phoenix. He's going to go back to take down the Warriors. Oh my gosh. Talk. And I'm sorry for the Suns fans and Warriors fans. I love Talk about a damn nuclear bomb for Twitter. The Warriors and Suns fan bases just loathe each other. So this is going to be just gold. Um, Because Phoenix is thinking right now, how can we get Durant with keeping Bridges? Because if you have a lineup that's Durant, Bridges, Booker, Chris Paul, my goodness. Um, Wow, this is this is fun. This is, this is, we're having yeah. fun now, folks. <laughs> so I, I, I think Phoenix makes the most sense in terms of what the Nets could get back. Uh, the Miami one, I understand why it's on his wish list because everyone, all NBA stars love going to Miami, especially with that coaching staff, front office culture, yada, yada, yada. I have no idea what they could even offer that would come close to a Bridges, Aiden picks package. Um, this Kevin Durant trade should get the Nets the best trade return ever, really, in NBA history in terms of a trade. It should. Um, And Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and a bunch of Miami Heat first-round picks aren't doing that for me. So I'm assuming it would would have to be one of their typical convoluted four-team trades where the Nets are getting back a whole lot in a bunch of different areas um, from a bunch of different teams. But just on the surface, just team for team, I, I don't see any that is an, as enticing as what the Phoenix Suns can offer. Can we talk about also the Nets just trading a first-round pick next year for Royce, for Royce Yeah, that, that was weird. 
Um, is that just they're doing that because they're looking at Phoenix and Miami and being like, we're going to get eight picks? I have no idea. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, that could have very easily been something that had been talked about a couple days ago before the trade request was put in and it just happened to leak now. Um, I also saw something that uh, Daryl Morey is in talks with about acquiring Bogdanovich and Royce O'Neal um, for Tobias Harris and something else and Matisse Leibel, I think. And there were some picks going one way or the other in that as well. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that Royce O'Neal to the Nets doesn't end up going through. Um, if I'm the Nets, I'm immediately hitting recall email on uh, that email to the league to put the trade in. Um, yeah, so I, I would expect that one doesn't really go through. But yeah, this is wild. Yeah, I mean, the, it's the my favorite day of the NBA offseason is the day of free agency because no one can... Sorry, folks. Tampering happens all the time in case you haven't realized. <laughs> like they were negotiating deals probably at the combine. Like that's the biggest unsaid secret of all time. If you don't know that, like, come on. It's basically who just who can not get caught. Um, because that's you know, teams are going to the combine to talk to agents of players that are about to be in the draft. And while they're there, they're like, Hey, by the way, you know, uh, I saw PJ Tucker's going to be a free agent. Uh, Have any interest coming to Philly? (laughs) Come on. So it's just funny today because people can only hold it in so long and they wait for the deadline. And then someone just jumps the gun like an hour before the deadline. And it's like, he's signing. And it's like, Oh really? How did that happen? (laughs) Cause we're not supposed to talk yet. Um, but this is a big bomb. So this is funny. Now we're just completely off the rails because of the KD bomb, which this is just rare content, Metcalf, because how many times does a podcast get completely thrown off the rails because of Kevin Durant requesting a trade? You know, they'll yeah. talk about this moment in history. So um, I'm the, the, I, this is just so fascinating, too, because obviously for an eight and trade to work, he would have to agree to the sign and trade part of it. So if he goes out, in free agency and gets a max offer from someone. I'm not entirely sure that he's going to Brooklyn on a sign and trade. Um, I, there are just so many different moving parts here. And obviously the, you know, on paper for, at least for me, I think the Aiden bridges picks package is incredible return. And, you know, one of the better packages that you could even imagine if you're the Nets, but Aiton, it, he's not an unrestricted free agent or even under contract right now. So he has to agree to whatever terms they would sign him to and, you know, actively be engaged and agreeing to that deal as well. Yeah, I mean, and the the words you had been hearing is that Aiton's market was kind of drying slowing up. down, drying yeah. up. So now all of a sudden... Brooklyn gets to go to him and be like, hey, or, or you know, Phoenix could even go like, hey, if, if you want Aiton, we got him. We, we got a, a place for him to go, and, and Aiton can say that too. And it's also the funniest now. Aiton's like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to leave, and they're going to get Kevin Durant. <laughs> so it's just – this is I love this league. I love it. But um, I'm, like, I'm like you. I think if he wants to go to Phoenix, I would be driving that hard. I'd be like, you, you can have him throwing bridges. And yes. Suns fans are all going to be like, no, but and I, the next four first round picks. Yes. And, and I love bridges maybe more than 
anyone in the league that I absolutely love them as a prospect. I absolutely love what he is right now. It's exactly what I thought he was going to be. But Brooklyn, if, if they're at the, you know, the poker table, they're saying, yeah, give us bridges. We, you can have Kevin Durant, just give us bridges. And then it just, Brooklyn is just a, Oh man, now you have the Kyrie thing. And then you have Ben Simmons. It's just like, (laughs) Whoa, what is going on? Just talk. This is going to be a 30 for 30 when you're, um, Let's get away from it for a little bit. What, okay. what else are you thinking? What do you think of the DeJounte Murray trade? Big, big get for the Hawks. I actually kind of love both sides of the trade. Yeah, and I, I loved it for the Spurs. I, I think those picks they got back could be really, really important. And I think it was just good self-awareness of where they are as a team and where DeJounte Murray is as a player. Um, he's an awesome player. I love the way he plays on the game. I love how he's improved I don't think the rest of that Spurs team is at a point where he can elevate them to a meaningful enough level where keeping him around, losing value on him as being an expiring next year would make sense and then having to pay him. So I think they were smart to get value for him now while they could and while they're still in the rebuild and while most of that roster is trying to catch up to where he currently is. And then I think the... I don't think the fit is as smooth on a for Atlanta. I think they gave up a lot, but if Trey Young is fully bought in on okay, I need to play more off ball. I can help spread the floor. I can take some possessions off offensively. I can run off screens, cut, uh, be the spot up shooter from deep, stuff like that. While Dejounte handles it, that's more interesting. And then obviously Dejounte can take on um, the tougher perimeter defensive matchups. Uh, I think DeJounte, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter kind of defensive pairing. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that's something to get pretty excited about. Um, I think the offense will go through some growing pains as it always does. But I'm a little more optimistic given how much better DeJounte's shot has improved uh, these last two years. Yeah, I mean, I I was... It was so fascinating. We, me and you had talked about it before. Like, why, why are the Spurs wanting to get rid of him? He took such a stride next year. But if you're also thinking like, hey, we're selling high. We're, we're not anywhere close to contending. Um, I, love the, I love the move by Atlanta. I'm, I'm still fascinated to see it work out. Because, like, everyone's pointing at their stats last year and being like – you know, guys both average 20 and eight assists or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but now there's one ball. Like, how is this going to work? And DeJounte is exactly the type of player that, you know, Trey needs next to him because DeJounte can defend his ass off. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited to see Atlanta's going to be making some more moves. I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens with John Collins. I mean, it's one of those points where he's – rumored to every single team so at some point i'm like please just trade him because he's probably going through mental warfare right now um so i'm fascinated to see what happens there i really want them to figure out a way to let okongwu run wild like i i I want to see what the guy has i think i'm still super high on him i'm super high on him i think this is the year he could just blossom and really shock some people because I've watched him in limited minutes and I really do think it's just like, okay, we just need extended run for him. And this is nothing against Capella. I love Capella. I just think it's, you hit, you hit the ceiling with that. You, yeah. you got to go a different direction, find out what you got. And um, Capella was mentioned as a potential trade target or candidate. I don't know if that's still the case. It's going to be fascinating. Like Atlanta's got some moves to make. Um, 
it, it really is going to be interesting. But I thought Murray was a a big piece for for Trey to have next to him, and Travis Schlenk's never been afraid to to be aggressive and bold. So I kind of mm-hmm. liked it. What else are you What else are you looking forward to seeing besides the rest of this KD Kyrie Nets <sighs> drama pan out? What, what do you got? I well, just side note: whatever happens to Kyrie, I think is even going to be more fascinating than what happens with Durant. Um, but Jalen Brunson to New York feels like a done deal almost or essentially um, they've cleared a ton of room for him. That's going to be a lot of money. Um, I also just for everyone out there, I know it's been said on many other podcasts, but Rick Brunson wasn't hired just because of Jalen. Rick Brunson has coached with Thibodeau on like every single previous stop that Thibodeau has been at. He played under Thibodeau. He was Leon uh, Rose's first client. So there, there are a lot of other ties there than just Jalen Brunson. So Rick got the job because he deserved to get the job. Um, I'm not sure I would spend that money on Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson's a really nice player. I'm not sure he's 30 million a year. Nice. Where are you at with him? I've been one of the biggest, like, I think Jalen Brunson's one of the more underrated players in the league candidates. Like I've been wanting to push that because I just absolutely love how he plays. I loved him coming out of college. I just was like, this is a guy that I feel like is going to stick in the league, make a lot of money eventually when he gets a, a big contract. Looks like it's about to happen. It's just a, a fascinating, it's not a gamble because he's still going to be so good and, and so good for that Knicks team. If he does end up going there, well, like it's expected I just think it's it's really fascinating with the the idea of being like, okay, now you're the guy because I just think the Knicks are more than a point guard away. Um, and there's also been rumblings that they're going to re-sign Mitchell Robinson. I think I even saw like four for 60 or something, which is – Robinson can play when he's healthy. I just want him to stay on the court. So And he, you know, he, he needs to slim back down too because yeah, I, I and, thought the – the weight he'll experiment. Be, he'll be motivated for sure. Um, I, I like Brunson. I, I understand yep. why they're doing it. It's just, it's a big leap of faith. And, and I think the biggest kicker for Knicks fans that are, if you're a little nervous about it, is Brunson just, he knows how to play the game. Like he knows yep. how to be like, hey, we're out of control, slow down, which is like really underrated with a young, young roster. Mm-hmm. And he could shoot, he's smart, he gets his shot. He He understands you know, how to play with pace and how to play with, with poise. I think he's going to be great for that team. It's just now where are they going from that? Like, what is your other plan? Cause um, you know, if, if they're re-signing Mitch and then re-signing him, do you have a lot of space to add anything or are you just running the team back with Jalen Brunson? It's just going to be fascinating to me, but um, you know, and, and I'm fascinated. There's some really intriguing wing depth that I'm curious to see in free agency where some guys go, um, like who, 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 who's at the top of your list? I wrote it down for you, Metcalf. Oh my God. Look at you prepping for the first time in a year. Um, yeah. Um, (laughs) DiVincenzo got his option to climb by the Kings. I think that's a sneaky one. I want to watch, keep my eye on Kyle Anderson, see where he goes. I think that could be fascinating fit somewhere. I don't think it's going to be the Grizzlies. No, I don't. This is really important time for those 
that level of free agents for like playoff teams. It's like you, you, you can make yourself a contender with strategic moves and free agency. Like not, I'm not saying just like overpaying for everyone, but if you can build some depth and, and hit on a couple of nice rotation assets, you really can strengthen your team in a hurry. I'm really curious to see what's going on with TJ Warren. I think that would be an interesting roll of the dice for some team. Like he hasn't played, he hasn't been healthy in a while, but he can score. Um, Bruce Brown is the name I'm watching. Um, especially now with this news, does Brooklyn try to bring him back? Does someone try to go get him now? Is, is Brooklyn kind of now all of a sudden entering this weird rebuild phrase? I don't know. And, and Ricky Rubio outside the box name. I'm, I'm curious to see mm-hmm. where he might go after he got hurt last year. And there's, there's just some really intriguing names out there that I'm fascinated to see. Um, what about you? Any anyone that you're you're eyeing or anyone that you want to talk about? I think it'll be really interesting to see what the what the Warriors do with Gary Payton the second yeah. and Kevon Looney, uh, two guys who were instrumental to them winning that title. Um, they they played really important parts, but you know if they set, I think it's like for every dollar they spend, it's like times five or times seven on them. So you know. Uh, a $5 million contract for one of them could quickly turn into like 35 and that's where they are with the tax. So how they treat those guys, I think will be really interesting. Um, Zach Levine. I'm really intrigued to see where he goes. I kind of expect him to essentially just resign with Chicago. I think that would probably be best for him, but if he went to Portland or I think San Antonio is out of the question now uh, with the Murray trade, but I think there are a couple landing spots with him that would be really interesting. Um, Bradley Beal, I expect to sign that Supermax and then ask for a trade in February. Um, and then Miles Bridges. Uh, we kind of got to talk about him. Um, yeah. Moron did something despicable this morning, allegedly. Uh, based on reports with the dom- domestic violence um, reports. First off, gross don't hit women, don't hit people. Cool. Easy enough. Um, what he ends up getting paid now is going to be really interesting because he turned down a lot of money last off season, um, bet on himself and was looking to get paid even more. It looked to be a bet that was going to pay off and how that whole situation turns out now, I think is going to be really inter- interesting. Yeah. Um, well put, I, I let's put emphasis on allegedly, but, um, Domestic violence is the one thing the moment I see those words in a basketball report or professional athlete report or life in general, that pretty much pisses me off the most. It's usually me throwing my phone down, just no room for it. So um, sucks for everyone involved, not just for Bridges. It sucks for, you know, all parties involved. And I know it's a touchy subject, um, but I woke up and saw that and I was like, my goodness. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, that whole process as the Hornets put out a PR statement saying they're collecting more data or information. Stupid. Um, yeah. no room for it. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens there. Um, we'll just release another bomb that said after the Hawks Spurs trade, Gallinari is expected to be released which yep. is very interesting because 
I think his deal became fully guaranteed like tomorrow or something. Yeah. So there's going to be plenty of contenders trying to get him for cheap. Um, Including probably my Celtics. So I can very easily get in on, on the Gallinari train, start playing some, some crazy international music all year. I'll love that, (laughs) but it's going to be fun. My free agency is going to be crazy. Now the Durant thing is just a powder keg waiting to explode. I'm fascinated to see what that deal could be. Cause yeah, and the, the, the entire free agency is going to be on hold until that gets resolved because no one's going to want to commit cap space or players or roster spots or anything to deals until they know what's until they know for sure that Kevin Durant is not going to be part of the equation for them. Um, obviously, there are probably 27 teams who it's unlikely uh, that they could even work something out, but every single team is going to be calling um, the Nets to either try to acquire him or at least wiggle their way into that deal and try to get some asset out of it, kind of like the Cavaliers did with Jared Allen um, during the Harden trade. They're going to be teams trying to poach first-round picks or young prospects out of the deal to help make the money work so the big-name gets moved. And I think though the fallout from that kind of stuff, I think is also going to be obviously not as interesting because whenever a top 10, top 15 player of all time gets moved, that's the headline. That's the fascinating stuff. That's what has real ramifications on the next league year. But I think those side pieces that get moved to various teams are also going to be really interesting. Metcalf, we haven't even talked about Miami going to get him. I don't know what they would give up besides it being some convoluted four team deal. Hero. I would rather have eight and bridges. Do they trade Jimmy? (laughs) That would be really funny. (laughs) I can't think of a funnier thing in the world than Jimmy getting traded to the Nets and has to play with Ben Simmons again. (laughs) I can't think of a funnier thing in the world. I'm not kidding. Like I just while you were talking, I just thought of that. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my this is the funniest thing in the world. Oh, that would be that would be incredible. The Heat are thinking to themselves they can't do that trade with trading Jimmy. Um, if I were the Heat, I would do that. I know, but I, I'm I'm, I'm I'm thinking of the Heat trying to also have a strong no, I know deep roster. They're thinking they're going to say Hero Robinson. And the, the best they could offer would be Hero and Bam, um, but that I can't kind trade, of, I can't that that Bam. negates a lot of what the Heat would be. Then, um, obviously, they would probably bring be able to bring guys in on minimums and you know fill out that way. But if I'm the Nuts, I'd still rather have Aiton and Bridges. Um, what if the Heat trade Hero, Robinson, and Bam, and then go out and sign Aiton to a Offer sheet. <laughs> I don't think they could do that, but I'm no. just saying mad madness. Um, gosh, yeah, I mean, it really crazy. Give me nuts. Um, you know, we're almost getting to one o'clock on the Pacific Coast, which means we got two hours after that until the madness really, the floodgates really open officially, apparently, <laughs> even though they're already open. Um, 
Yeah, pretty crazy, Metcalf. What a day. I mean, I, I was walking into this podcast just thinking we were going to lightly talk about some yeah, some draft stuff. Oh, Utah's waving Wancho Hernan Gomez after he makes hustle. You sons of jerks. But just, um, They just don't like stars out in Utah, apparently. It's, yeah, unbelievable. That's going to be a funny picture that I, I'm going to have to tweet that. But <laughs> um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, this was fun, Metcalf. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry for everyone listening if we got a little off the rails, but what could you expect with KD bomb? Like now it's going to be hilarious to to play this back because I feel like we were going to go structured and order and talk about multiple yep. teams, but we, we also just dipped our toe. We're getting excited. We like yeah, I, 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 have a, I have a little outline of, you know, top free agents, well, you know, where they're restricted, unrestricted, all that. And it just, you know, basically set it on fire. Um, but that was fun. Uh, wow. Okay, so um, we're obviously going to keep our eyes on this uh, throughout the weekend. I'm assuming we don't get any big news out of free agent signings until that Kevin Durant fiasco is uh, solidified. Um, Every team should be more than eager to uproot their roster for Kevin Durant. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Rucker, appreciate you joining me a little earlier in the day. Do you have anything else? Any burning thoughts? Create no. craziness that you have to get off? Everyone enjoy. Buckle up. Have some fun. This is the uh, the best time of the year is because everyone's everyone's got some excitement and hope. And um, we're all eager to see what rumors come true and, and see what pieces move around the league and if if KD goes to either Miami or Phoenix, the league is about to shift. It's going to get a lot. To, I, I mean, I'm selfishly saying, yeah, go to go to the West, get the <laughs> crap out of each other. The funniest is, um, my big project this off season is going to be diving into uh, cap mania, trying to get all that lingo down. I've been wanting to do this for a couple of years. I started to do it one year, and then I think this off season I'm going to go crazy and just slip into a cave and read that like a, a an absolute monster just because there's always these questions and i'm fascinated to see what's the situation now with Kyrie with opting in um gosh if he somehow gets to the lakers i'm gonna laugh my butt off and then well we, we, so i don't I, let, there's there's always some terminology and some stuff you got to figure out and i'm sure someone's gonna put a report out in 10 minutes about it so Right, but with Kevin Durant now apparently leaving Brooklyn, doesn't that make the Westbrook trade to Brooklyn a little more likely? My problem is, is why is Brooklyn doing that? Because Ben Simmons and Westbrook on the court together is... And they just wave them, or, and they, they're, they're going to go t- full tank mode. They're not going to... And they're losing one of the best players in the league. They're not going to be competitors next year. Um, so if you get a couple future Lakers first round picks for taking taking on Westbrook and then s- sending them a point guard who's a much better fit with that roster, now you're talking about having, I, I don't, just going off the top of my head, I don't know the exact years, but say a 2026 or 2025 and a 2027 first round pick from the Lakers. Are you confident that the Lakers are going to be good in 2025? No. So for, for one, for another year of Russell Westbrook, why not? Man, 
And then you don't have to deal with Kyrie. No, I know. You know he's not going to be fun after all of this. It's just, this is just, I love anarchy. I absolutely (laughs) love chaos. I love anarchy. This is it. This is why we love the NBA. This is why the NBA is undefeated. And I'm sorry for all the diehard football or um, any other sport fans, but this is why the NBA is the best because this is just pure madness, pure evil, pure, just complete psychotic thoughts now because everyone's like what in the world's going on it's a it's a hell train and you're mm-hmm. basically all of us are just buckled up and, and getting ready for the ride of life so yeah i'm pumped now metcalf now i you know i felt like i needed a coffee after this podcast now i'm just like oh my gosh what are they gonna do this is gonna be insane yeah the and, uh, west is going to be a bar fight if durant gets traded there it is going to be so vicious and uh, apparently over half the league has already called the nets about him um, I mean, he's a top five should. player in the NBA. He has four years remaining on his contract with no player option. They're going to get a King's ransom for him as they should. Yeah. For everyone, every NBA team's calling Brooklyn right now, even though Durant said that, like it, they're all doing their job. They're calling Brooklyn. Like, what is it? What's it going to take? Just yes. If you're going <laughs> to trade for potentially one of the best players in the league, you are literally calling the Brooklyn Nets and, so any report that's like, oh, blah, 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 is interested. It's like, no shit, they're interested in Kevin Durant. Everyone is. Like, um, it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see a Knicks rumor. I cannot wait to see a Knicks rumor. I'm sorry, guys. I, I love you. But, and I, I'm just excited for the Timberwolves to trade for him. D'Angelo Russell, Jaden McDaniels, and four first. Who says no? Call it in. Yeah, who, who <laughs> says no? Call it in. Fine, we'll throw in Nas Reed. Nas Reed. Uh, I'll even give him Walker Kessler. <laughs> that's that's a good one um, All right, we, 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 we've reached this point of the yeah. pod I, I i think it's time to wrap up rucker this was a lot of fun plug away tell the people where they can find you i'm at tyler underscore rucker on twitter thank you guys for joining us um next week i think me and metcalf are gonna have a fun little tuesday episode we're gonna talk a full summer league preview we're gonna break it down talk about guys you should be keeping an eye on including some sophomore guys that's my favorite part of summer league is you get to see the guys that have been working on their game over the summer and uh starting next thursday the no sailings crew will be at summer league so it's gonna be a fun time thank you metcalf for doing this and, and have yourself a good weekend my friend you as well happy fourth of july weekend to everyone enjoy the madness this should be a lot of fun and we're just getting started uh once again i'm tyler metcalf you can follow me on twitter at tmetcalf11 you can find all of our no ceilings merchandise at no ceilings nba.bigcartel.com all of our written work at no ceilings nba.com it's all free go over there check it out read it if you feel like it which you should just hit that subscribe button 100 free gets delivered directly to your inbox to ensure that you don't miss anything we put up uh you can follow us on twitter at no ceilings nba and on youtube at no ceilings tv if you enjoyed this episode please make sure to subscribe leave a review and a five-star rating until next time see ya